It is trade deadline week in the NBA. Nas Reed might or might not be on the block. The Wolves are in a fascinating position. Let's get into all the news, the ramifications, and the fist fights here with John Krasinski on the John Krasinski Show. We are brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Uh, Brandon Morton is our producer. If you like the show, if you like any show in the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's the easiest way to watch. All right, let's get into it, John. Uh, the Wolves are in a fascinating position here. They are not that far out of, like, the fourth seed. They're not that far out of the 12th seed. It's trade deadline week. Towns doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. So just give us a good big-picture look at what the Wolves are looking at this week. Yeah, it's, you know, they're in a very unique position. Um, they obviously, with what they gave up for Rudy Gobert, uh, they do. They're they're a team that's in win now mode. There's there's no sense in sort of backing off or restructuring and and looking at any ways where they can just kind of maybe um, flip some players and take on some assets and for the future and kind of rebuild that way. They don't want to do that. Um, they want to go for it and they want to continue to bolster this roster. So they're going. They have been having conversations with teams all over the league about various uh, deals, but now they find themselves just ahead of Thursday's deadline in a, in another interesting position because two of the, t- of the players that have been mentioned most in trade rumors, D'Angelo Russell and Nas Reed are both players that the Wolves have a very acute need for their production and the value that they bring right now. And so this is not a case where uh, they can move either one of these players and get something back that isn't helpful to them right immediately. And so that complicates some of the conversations that Tim Connolly and the Wolves front office is having with front offices all over the league is that um, you know, this is not a, a situation like maybe the Lakers who would like to dump Russell Westbrook or the um, the Heat who would like to move off of Kyle Lowry, things like that. They they if they're going to move D'Angelo Russell, they need to re- replace his shooting, which has been lights out. And so, if they're going to move Nas Reed, they you know they probably have Garza and Knight to be bigs, but they're not exactly sure. Um, how Carl Anthony Towns is going to look when he gets back to make sure he's fully healthy when he does get back. And so you want to have some insurance in the front court as well. So all of that is to say that um, these conversations that the Timberwolves are having, and they're having many of them right now with, with other teams are not very straightforward. And that makes it harder for deals to be done. It doesn't, doesn't mean it won't nothing. It doesn't mean nothing will happen. It doesn't mean they're going to stand pat, but I just think that it really does add an element of complexity to, uh, to these talks and complexity around trade talks are, is often a difficult thing for, uh, to, to shepherd deal-making across the finish line. And you're obviously right about Nas Reed. By the way, thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time, All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com, Head Flyer Brewing, and Manscaped, manscaped.com. Uh, you're absolutely right about Reed. The, the interesting thing here is, you know, is there a way if you traded him, you could you could make up for his production between now and the time Towns is not only back, but back and playing 
you know, serious minutes and, and being highly productive. And, and it's been fun to watch Garza and Knight play, but it's probably a big ask to think that they could step forward into that role as well as Reed has played it. Yeah, I, I, and that's the key, Jim, is when you look at it. Um, yeah, I do believe that Nathan Knight and Luca Garza are decent options if you're going to play a backup five, 15 minutes a night. Um, the the issue is, is that Nas Reed has been much more than a decent option. He's been a real difference maker sometimes against the right matchups. I mean, the Warriors game was incredible for Nas Reed. And when you put him against a smaller front court and one that does not have the length and maybe the bulk to really bother Reed uh, with, with kind of size and muscle, uh, he is an incredibly skilled player who can give you, you know, 20 to 25 points and 10 rebounds um, w- without even having to stretch for it. So uh, as, as, as solid as Garza and Knight have been for them, they don't have the upside that Nas Reed does. And so when you're looking at, okay, Towns is probably going to come back after the All-Star break. He's going to need some time to reacclimate. There's going to be um, some push and pull. And you have to, in the back of your mind, think about Jordan McLaughlin and how he came back and then re-injured his calf and was out again. Um, I just think that for a team that really does want to make the playoffs and be out of the play-in tournament and you know in a top-six position I think that it's hard to move Nas Reed um, because he's a an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year and so you're not going to get a, a just a huge return for him um, on a trade market either and so I would imagine that the return that they are looking at for Nas Reed is not commensurate to the ceiling that he has to give them as a player and and so um, that's why I just think that it, all signs for right now, and things can change in a heartbeat, but all signs right now, I think Nas Reed's going to be on this team after the trade deadline. Then they can look at options to signing a contract and and doing all those other things. But um, but for right now, just given how good he has been and what they need from that spot, uh, I, I think he's sticking around. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Again, our producer, longtime producer with the network, uh, our original producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, check out TalkNorth.com for all of our other shows, including our Viking Update show, which will be previewing the Super Bowl this week. I, I assume uh, there's just no reason to even think about a D'Angelo Russell trade at this point. Well, I mean, I, I, I would. here's what I would say on D'Angelo. Again, like I... I, I don't think it's completely off the table. Um, I think that there are continuing conversations going on with several teams because he is shooting just unbelievably well over the last two plus months. So the sample size is now really big. And for a team that wants more scoring, more shooting, um, he, he, he would be an attractive asset um i don't think that any teams though are offering another one a a huge return for d'angelo russell and so when you look at what the timberwolves would need if they were to trade d'angelo russell they would need another volume three-point shooter to come in and replace him 
And so that's hard to find right now on, on the trade market right now. I mean, D'Angelo Russell certainly does have some of some faults and some things that maybe you look at and you say that it'd be great if there was a way to address some of the shortcomings, but the, the shooting aspect of it and the ability to make plays um, with the ball in his hands, those are very difficult skill sets to duplicate in a trade. And so um, you look at just, he's practically shooting 50, 40, 90 Um, every, it seems like every game he's coming out at least in the first half and putting up a bunch of, uh, uh, points to kind of get the team rolling until maybe it's Anthony Edwards, maybe it's Jaden McDaniels, maybe it's, you know, somebody else gets engaged in the second half and gets moving. And so he's just been too darn valuable to what they're doing. And that again, that again, probably points to, yeah, un unlikely that D'Angelo Russell goes, I'm not ready to say impossible. I'm not ready to say that, um, that he, it's, it's off the table, but, uh, you just, it, it will be really hard for the Timberwolves to find another shooter of Russell's caliber right now. And that shooting has helped unlock this offense in a big, big way, uh, over the last two, two and a half months here. And the Western Conference keeps changing. Uh, Kyrie Irving traded to Dallas, and I, I thought it was fascinating, kind of t- the two tiers of reactions you saw. I think the first tier was uh, fans who love just fun basketball going, my God, Kyrie Irving and Luka together. That's going to be spectacular. Uh, two guys who can handle it, can score from anywhere, who creative, all that stuff. And then the second tier was kind of the more uh, the wise heads, I think, saying, they're not going to stop anybody, and Kyrie might think that the you know, the gravity doesn't exist and quit basketball tomorrow. I mean, you just don't know. It's it's just it's just such a fascinating experiment that's coming here, Jim. Um, from a pure talent standpoint, you look at the match with Luca, at least offensively, and you say that could be very very difficult to handle. Uh, but I just I think that you don't give up the package that the Mavericks did without which is Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, good players and some draft pick compensation and without designs on signing him to a long-term deal. He wanted out of Brooklyn because he did not get his long-term deal. And so um you you would think that the Mavericks have had some conversation with his rep- representation, have some sort of stomach for uh whatever it's 2, 3, 4 year deal to extend him and keep him around. But um, you just don't know what cause Kyrie Irving is going to take up, what um, you, what injury is going to happen, what uh, what what uh, affliction is going to to land upon Kyrie's shoulders where he feels like he doesn't want to come to work today. Um, that he has done that now with Cleveland, with Boston, with Brooklyn. So. It's just um, it. He is the most unpredictable player out there because his highs are very, very high. His lows can be absolutely just ruinous to a franchise, and so this is just a huge, huge gamble. But what I do see why the Mavericks did it because I don't think that team was going anywhere as constructed, and they want to win and win big with Luka Doncic when he is kind of in his prime or entering his prime. I know he's only 23, but he's in his prime right now. He's ready to go. So so they made the move, but 
um, it is going to teeter on the brink of collapse all the way through um, as for as long as he stays there. And that's just what the cost of doing business with Kyrie Irving is right now. I just wouldn't touch him. I mean, and for all, listen, the Wolves have a million moving parts. They have problems. They have things they need to sort out, but they don't have big problems. (laughs) They don't have, they have, you know, they have, they have basketball acclimation problems. They don't have personality problems. I don't know if somebody's just going to destroy your entire franchise any, any day he wakes up in a bad mood. So I, so I, I I think it's going to be fascinating to watch Dallas. The Wolves are so lucky they don't have somebody like Kyrie. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and he is one of those guys that, teammates really enjoy him really like playing with him um but he is this such this enigma i mean kevin durant definitely essentially staked his whole brooklyn future to kyrie irving and stood by him through all of the nonsense of last year and and everything and so kyrie finds a way to connect with guys somehow some way while at the same time doing things that actively harm their ability to win and compete and have any kind of stability, continuity, and harmony. And so it, he is an enigma of the highest order. And yes, I would be nervous every single day if I was on that coaching staff, if I was in that front office, um, about when is the next Kyrie Irving um situation going to come around the corner that they have to confront i mean it's a it, it, it is a harrowing experience to be doing that and then you'll watch him go out and he might score 38 points and 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 you know have these unbelievable finishes at the rim and and do all this electric stuff on, on the court so uh yeah I, I i don't think i have the stomach for for doing that if I were a leader of an organization, but the the Mavericks clearly believe that they have an infrastructure set up, but uh, many teams have believed that in the past and, and have ended up uh, holding the bag. So we'll see what happens here, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy to watch for sure. No doubt. Let's get to Ant in the All-Star game. Let's get to the fight. Let's get to Towns' return Some and and the way Chris Finch is coaching this team. First, we do want to thank TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time. It's all you need to know, 612 TSR Time. If you are injured, they will, give you, they will help you, or at the very least, they'll point you in the right direction. They will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's what's made them one of Minnesota's great success story 612 tsr time 612 tsr time now let's hear from john on head flyer brewing head flyer brewing northeast minneapolis right on hennepin avenue just uh, a, a little bit away from the 35w exit uh great beer great atmosphere to watch a game to hang out with your friends at the tap room um i i was recently in there and had a cryo version of the brew of their wicked jump shot, which is my favorite beer that they have. And, and the method by which they're, they're brewing, uh, with this cryo version, it makes it even crisper. It makes it even more flavorful. Uh, one of the best beers I've ever had, um, go in and try it out. Uh, you can also find that version pretty soon in your local liquor stores and around the Metro area. Keep an eye out for that. But, um, anytime you want to get the friends together, go watch a Wolves game. They're act, they're going to be on the road a ton coming up here in February, March, and April. Um, and so it's a great uh, way to to kind of gather, still stay on top of the team, 
and also have great beer with some with some food and some great bartenders and and perfect atmosphere. So Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. Tell them the John Krasinski Show sent you. Allenergysolar.com to find out all kinds of different ways to save money on your solar install to see what they can do for you. Go to allenergysolar.com slash coach, C-O-A-C-H. Uh, all Energy Solar delivers quality solar installations for homes and businesses. They've been doing it since 2009. You can get a free solar quote. Uh, you can get more, become more green. Uh, you can find out how you get a free site assessment by, again, going to All Energy. So, let me say it again, allenergysolar.com slash coach. The electrical grid has very limited space for renewable energy, so beat the rush and plan your solar installation soon. Uh, solar energy with so- solar with energy storage can provide peace of mind during winter storms. Read their ebook, Energy Storage and Solar at allenergysolar.com slash battery. So if you go to allenergysolar.com slash coach, you can find out all about their programs, what it can save you, what the deals are. And if you go to allenergysolar.com slash battery, you find out about their energy storage and how that can help you as well. But just go to allenergysolar.com, check it out. That's the route you want to take for energy solutions for you. Now let's hear from John on Manscaped. Breaking news, Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right, they are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the code ATHLETIC for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane, and no one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 haircutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Cap off the kit with the Beard Balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculpted look to attract any fellows or dames the pro beard kit also comes with three free gifts a beard brush comb and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code athletic thanks to all of our sponsors thanks again to the aquarius home services we are coming to you from the aquarius home services studio uh should ant have been an all-star I mean, I think he deserves it. Uh, the the thing that is most compelling, and, and Chris Finch made this argument uh, before the voting was announced, that he plays every game. And I think that in an era and a season where load management um, and injuries are kind of a defining characteristic, uh, to see a player that goes out and plays at a high level and does it night in and night out, I think should be some sort of tiebreaker for him. So I believe that he absolutely deserved to be in the all-star game. Maybe he still does get in with uh, Steph Curry's injury. Maybe he's an injury replacement. But the other part of it, Jim, that we've talked about on this show is the league's talent pool is deeper than it's been in a very, very long time. So not only did Ant not get in, but 
De'Aaron Fox didn't get in. Anthony Davis didn't get in. Devin Booker didn't get in. There is There are really, really good players uh, who just missed out. There's just not enough spots for them. So I don't think it's a travesty. I don't think it's a crime against humanity that he did not make it. But I do think that he did enough to have an all-star season um, and be rewarded that way. It just so happens that, you know, what? who are you going to pick him in ahead of? John Morant, uh, Damian Lillard, you know, maybe Jaron Jackson Jr. is the one who is kind of the wild card, but he's a big, so coaches obviously wanted another big on the roster. But um, all in all, uh, I, I do think, yeah, he could have been there, but hey, you know, this league is just teeming with talent right now, and there's going to be disappointed guys every year for the next several because of how good this league is right now. I, that's been my reaction. I've been to a few games lately and, you know, it's almost like regardless of the opponent and regardless of the atmosphere in the arena, by the way, I think the arena atmosphere has been really good. They're not, yeah. they're, it's not like they have people hanging from the rafters trying to get in or whatever, but the skill level in the league is ridiculous. It, mm-hmm. You sit there and if you, if you're not just thinking about, you know, if you're not looking up stats, if you're not overanalyzing all, if you just watch what's happening on the court, the, the playmaking, the shot making, uh, the athletic ability is just, it's unprecedented. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think forever and ever, Jim, we've heard sort of coaches after losses in, you know, in years and even, even players too will say, Hey, those guys are NBA players too. Right. Uh, you know, these guys are all great players. They get to the league and you're like, eh, you know, really is this mm-hmm. team that you just lost to? Is it, are they really that good? No, they're not. This year, I think that that cliche applies across the board pretty much. I mean, the Wolves just lost to Orlando on uh, Friday, and you know you lament that and you say, "Gosh, another under five hundred team came in and beat you." But you look at that team: Paulo Banquero, Franz Wagner, like the, all of the talent that they have. Like they're legitimately really good players. Oklahoma City is kind of been wallowing around the 500 mark or a little below Shea Gilgis Alexander is one of the 10 best players in the league. And even the wolves, you know, they're they're They have not lit the league on fire. They're two games above 500 right now, but they have like legitimate stars on their team. And so um, it's like that everywhere now. And, and so it's super fun. It is a reason that parody is starting to trickle in a little bit, especially in the Western conference is that all of these teams are getting to be so loaded with talent that it's just so much harder to win. And that's stressful on coaches and players and, and, and front office executives. But I think it's great for fans who want more competition and don't want to see two or three teams just run away with it. Like, uh, like it, like it's often happened. You know, and the old trope about NBA players not playing defense, I think what anybody who wants to go down that road, what they're not recognizing is to play good NBA defense, you have to be an incredible athlete playing at an incredibly high intensity level. Because if you let if you give somebody three inches, they're gonna drain a three on you. If you give them, if you present the wrong closeout, if your shoulders aren't square, if your feet aren't in the right place, they're going to go right by you and dunk on you. The The level of defense required to hold down this level of talent is, is rare to find. Rare, extremely rare to find. And yes, there are some rules that have been changed 
Um, there are some interpretations of the game that have been adjusted to breathe more offense into the league and make it more high scoring and a little more exciting that way. But to your point, Jim, the skill level of the player it has risen to such a degree. I mean, watch Nas Reed um, break Draymond Green's ankles going to the basket. Uh, the the handle that he has, you know, look at the way that Edwards uses his body to contort through double teams and and get to the rim and finish with his left hand. I mean, it, it's just it, it's jaw dropping stuff on a night in and night out basis. And, you know, that's what gives you even more sort of respect and admiration for a guy like Jaden McDaniels, who is guarding the very best player night in and night out and generally really making that guy work for his money. And there are there are nights that he gives up that are that are bigger nights, but in general, the 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 torture chamber that he's putting these guys in in a game that is geared toward offense in a um with a talent pool that has been developed and has is so skilled, it's really really remarkable the work that he's doing on a night in and night out basis and um he just quietly goes about his work and just takes people apart. We were at the game last night, Jim, and he had Vlako Chanchar like in the Russian gulag. Like the, <laughs> there, there was just there was nothing he could do at one possession, and it was just I mean it was jaw dropping stuff because you don't see that as much in this day and age w- with defenders. But but Jade McDaniel's is doing it. And it's been pretty pretty impressive. No doubt about it. Uh, how do you feel about? load management. I mean, I, I was talking to somebody on the way out last night. They were complaining about it. I said, you're absolutely right. It's bad. It's bad for the league. It's bad for the you know, people who buy tickets. I said, but as long as the NBA is getting billion dollar TV deals, I just don't think they care that much. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that is the case as well. I, I guess I will say that I do believe that this season, it feels like it is becoming more of a vocal issue for fans and for media than it was in the past. I think that historically um, the, the the teams that started to do it first, the, the San Antonio Spurs in particular made it kind of fashionable and made it the smart thing to do is to load manage and to, and to rest your guys and, and do those things. And so because it, it started with, such a an unimpeachably successful organization it was hard to poke holes in the theory and from a pure health standpoint it probably it's really hard to poke holes in the theory um you know we we watched the nuggets game on sunday night and and they were playing the second night of a back to back they were also playing 22 hours between games and michael malone sat his four best players and i see why he did that i i do think that scheduling like that brings health risks to the players that you want to uh, reduce that said though Jim it's a it's a bad look for the product when so many of the players and the high profile ones are missing games night in and night out not necessarily because they're injured but just because of load management it just does it, it it's going to only create animosity with the fan base. And I just don't think that's ever a good way of doing business. And so I hope that there is some sort of happy medium that 
the league and the players can find that is a little more transparent and that maybe reduces these amount of games because Flip Saunders would always tell me that what the league has to understand is that it is an entertainment product first and you cannot charge extra money for Warriors tickets as every almost every team in the league does if Steph Curry is not playing and the the more that you do that the more that fans are going to feel alienated, the more that they tune into a national televised game and Kawhi Leonard isn't playing, it just takes away the credibility of the league. So something I believe has to be done. And I do think that we are getting to a point of critical mass with the criticism that is befalling the league and the players um, for this. It's just, I don't know what the answer is because the clear answer is short is shortening the season and they're just not going to do that for revenue purposes. So um, I do think the heat is turning up, but I just don't, I don't know what the answer is to really address it. Right. Uh, we can talk about that more in the future. Let's get to the fight. Uh, I guess where do you, where do you lay the blame and where do, what did you think of the penalties? Um, well, so I, I, there's no way that you can look at what Austin Rivers did and say he didn't get what was coming to him with the mm-hmm. three-game suspension. I mean, you know, he it was clear that the Orlando Magic in his in his mind crossed some sort of line with the trash talk and the sticking the tongue out and kind of the the stuff that they were directing toward Austin Rivers. Um, and so I understand that part of it, but I also don't think that you can walk across the court, cross the sideline onto the bench and approach someone aggressively and not expect a reaction. Did Mo Bamba overreact? Yeah, he probably did. And that's why he got four games versus Austin got three. Um, and so just in the two main people involved and with Jalen Suggs getting, a, I, I think a game is appropriate. I wouldn't even mind to see two games for kind of the way that he grabbed Austin and threw him down. Um, I don't think that Jaden McDaniel should have been fined. Um, I don't think that Torian Prince should have been, uh, ejected in the first place because he was not fined or suspended coming off of, uh, coming off of that fight, which tells me that the league said, eh, probably shouldn't have ejected Torian Prince. And I know that the Timberwolves were extremely upset that, they felt that Bamba was the one who escalated the situation the way that it did. And that Orlando ended up with only two players getting ejected and they had three. They thought Cole Anthony should have been ejected as well for shoving Tory and Prince into the pile. And so I do think that there are, there, there, the Wolves have legitimate beef with some of that. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Rivers probably should have kept a cooler head there. And he said as much after the game that he was embarrassed by, kind of how it all went down and 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 looked back and 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 didn't think that he should have reacted the way that he did. Next week on the show we'll talk about Chris Finch. Uh, I I think he's done a really good job, but he also has another really tough stretch here going uh coming up for this team. It'll be really see how interesting how they handle that. Uh we'll talk about what happened at the trade deadline. Check out uh, all the rest of the shows at talknorth.com. Thanks. Let's get a final thought from John. Once again, thanks to Brandon Morton. And uh, we are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Yeah. So Jordan McLaughlin back in the lineup. Oh, um, you know, how, how can I how can I forget Jace Frederick's favorite player? That's right. Yes. Yeah, so missed 30 games with the calf injury. And hey, Wolves fans, guess what? Calf injuries sometimes take a long time. So 
you know, maybe get off cat's back a little bit that way is what I would tell would, uh, tell some people who just seem to be, you know, f- hammering towns all the time. But but McLaughlin missed a ton of games as well. So but I digress. Getting McLaughlin back is a huge move for this franchise going down the stretch. Uh, they need his maturity. They need his playmaking. They need his IQ. Um they're going to need his ball handling, all of those things, because their scheduled rest of the way is road heavy and is very daunting from a from a uh, a, comp- a competitive level standpoint. And so, seeing him back out there uh, against the Nuggets on a minutes restriction, but you're going to see guys get better shots. You're going to see him play really good defense. You're going to just see, I think, that second unit hum at a level that it did not without McLaughlin out there. And it'll take a little bit of time for him to get his legs back and get back there. But once he gets rolling, that's a really big addition. You know, we'll see what they do at the trade deadline, but getting McLaughlin back after so much of the season, having him out is a really, really big thing for this franchise as they kind of shift into seeding mode and, and really trying to pursue one of those top four, five, six seeds. Yeah, and he got a great reaction last night, and he deserved it. And he played well, played well immediately, which you never just never know if somebody's how rusty somebody's gonna be coming off that kind of, especially that kind of an injury and that kind of a layoff. He was dynamic right away. He played really, really well early. The second shift was a little rocky, but that's yeah. all, that's to be expected. But yes, you you just saw that um, everyone just loves playing with him. He got a standing ovation in the pregame warmups when he came out uh, like two hours before the game and the coaches and the players that were on the court just gave him a standing ovation. They're just so happy to have him back because they know how much easier he makes life for everyone involved. And, um, and I think you're going only going to see that pick up even more, Um, you know, just his ability to get the team organized and into an offense and get good shots. Uh, It's exactly what they need right now. And and so he is going to it, I mean, he just everyone has a bigger smile on their face when J-Mac is out there running around and doing his thing. And so uh, a really, really important player who's been gone for a really long time. Thanks to John. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon.